This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Hupke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. No, I listened to this a lot, actually, too. Um, just on the way home from work today, I was listening to it because I didn't want to like lose the... I wasn't sure when we'd be doing it again. So I was like, I want to keep up with it until we actually do it. So I've um, just been keep keeping up with it and listening to it. I listened to the live one a couple times, too. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Yeah, mo- mostly the, the um, just the studio one because yeah. that actually has those those four bonus songs that are actually um, like good songs, all of them, really. I mean, yeah. I didn't listen to those at all in this re-listen. Hmm. Uh, I, every time I would uh, start to play that um, Balance on a Shelf or whatever, I like stopped playing and then restarted the album. Uh, like, I know I'm going to listen to them. Right. I felt like the album was a little too short with just, you know what I mean? So I was like, I've listened to this like 30 times. I need to like yeah. continue to max it out, you know? So Yeah, it's not very long. 39 minutes long, the whole album. Uh, we should probably just say the name of the album. My Shame is True uh it's the current album we're discussing and leading into and everything oh uh, also my name is austin this is darren we're doing a podcast yes i just mentioned that too let's go it, yeah uh we're, we i thought we were, maybe we we're gonna do this episode backwards but uh mm-hmm. makes sense to probably just get that stuff out of the way um actually looking at it i have my notes up uh this addiction was only 34 minutes long so this is technically longer than that, but it still it still feels short. It still feels like a quick listen. Um, yeah, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, that uh, the four bonus songs that are included on like the digital deluxe versions and things like that, those were released separately on the same day as this album, as called like a Broken Wing EP. And yeah. I guess the reason those were like, you know, for they decided weren't going to make the cut for the album because they didn't really fit with like the uh, like the theme overall. I, it's a, they probably had some loose rules for that or whatever, but they were still dug the songs and wanted them out there. So, boom, they hey, same day, same date, recorded in the same sessions, produced by the same people, like just four extra songs. Yeah, I kind of get that a little bit. I mean, I think the theme is like it's a Matt Skiba breakup album or something more or less, right? So, I mean, like... Uh... Yeah. It says, uh, from an interview and things I was reading about, inspired by a recent romantic breakup that Skiba was going through, um, kind of described as a pseudo-concept album and a catharsis that mm. he wrote it. The quote is, I just wrote this one more as a love letter to my ex-girlfriend or an apology note set to music. Hmm. But the strange thing is, is following the album's release, that the uh, album actually brought them back together for a little while. I think they're oh. separated again now. But um, yeah, I guess it was rough. And then they guess, I don't know. I mean, there's the lyrics or the, the gesture, putting a whole album together of referencing, you know, the difficulties that get the conversation back going and made the relationship work a little bit longer. It's interesting. Oh yeah, that, that's yeah, that's interesting. I remember <laughs> when those I've talked about it before, but those uh, past live shows when they did all the albums, um, interviews mm-hmm. leading up to that, and I think we actually talked about this in a previous episode. But like Dan mentioned, how like he thought it was going to be difficult to play this album because Matt might have a hard time like playing through it or might not enjoy playing through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they played it all in every one of those shows they did, and actually it was pretty good. Pretty, 
pretty good. I've been, <laughs> been watching, watching more a of that ton stuff? of Curl Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, so uh, nice. I'm in season eight, I think, right now. Uh, oh, you're getting deep in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're next it, podcast, yeah. complete discography will be a uh, just breakdown of every season of uh, Curve Your Enthusiasm so that we Oof, can That would be a fun one, yeah. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll just ask you later, yeah. Okay. Uh, back to the album. Um, yeah. The uh, album title, uh, maybe you know this already, maybe you already have this album or so, but the album's title references Elvis Costello's debut album, My Aim is True. Mm. I didn't know that. Do you have that album? I don't know that I have that one, yeah. I do like some Elvis Costello stuff, but no, I, I don't know that I have that one. Uh, so My Shame is True released April 2nd, 2013, uh, which is a little bit of a, a gap from the last album, which was February of 2010. So uh, a little over three years and some change, uh, mm-hmm. which is a pretty long break. Uh, yeah. Again, when did uh, Skeebs join uh, Blink-182? Oh, probably some... I think it was after this, huh? Probably worth looking up. I should have I noted that. Uh, Blink-182, he played that music festival in March 2015. Mm-hmm. And then their first album was 2016. The album California that he did with him. Right. So that that is that. So yeah, this is technically before that. So, uh, but came out on the heart and skull you know, thing of theirs with epitaph. So essentially epitaph, but yeah, it was that. Um, produced by Bill Stevenson and Jason Livermore. Bill Stevenson is the uh, drummer from The Descendants. Um, that's his studio. Uh, is where it was recorded in October twelfth or October two thousand twelve at his studio, Bill Stevenson Studio in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, which I think is kind of interesting. Obviously, they're probably fans of the Descendants and uh, and everything, and the, you know, the ability to work with the dude was probably appealing. He's produced like a bunch of um, like albums and all that stuff. I mean, that's clearly what he does with his time when he's not you know doing Descendant stuff since they've technically returned. Um, yeah, more or less. Milo goes to the retirement home. I think was that last. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah 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 sure 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 cool 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 uh yeah but that's are all the album details uh like i said earlier 39 minute runtime 39 minute and 59 seconds so not quite 40 minutes um <clears throat> total runtime and guest vocals um in i want to be a warhol which don't really stand out to me, but uh, it was noted. Uh, Brendan Kelly, the, the singer for the Lawrence Arms, you know, another Chicago oh. local band. Yeah, okay. I don't know where. Maybe it's just like the the dueling, like overdub vocals or something. Maybe we can hear it when we play or back. River, uh, yeah. Or, well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll hear it. Uh, but then I Pessimist obviously features Tim McGrath from another Chicago band, um, Rise Against. Yeah. Tim Mark McGrath, I thought was. <laughs> that, he's his brother. He's his brother. Oh, older yeah. brother, which is even weirder. But yeah, um, yeah, he actually influenced the first Sugar Ray album, uh, and then I, have, he... I actually know him mostly from uh, hosting Extra, though. Now I'm aware of uh, Mark McGrath. He was the host of the TV show called Extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah actually, he Slater took over. But but yeah. he yeah. So before that, he was in a little bit of a band. He played music a little bit. Uh, mm. You may hear it shopping at like home goods these days 
Mm. Um, or uh, you may see him play live on some cruises, you know, occasionally, uh, even during the pandemic. I'm sure they're still out there on the ocean playing, you know, trying to bring in the bucks with Smash Mouth. <laughs> they're friends. I'm sure they are. Um, yeah, so those two songs have some guest vocals. Um, yeah. Tim McGrath, though, is like co-lead vocals, really, on that one song. Uh, I Pessimist, so yeah. But otherwise, any uh, anything of note that you wanted to mention about the album itself? I mean, 2013, what were you doing uh, then? Where were you living, and what was going on when this album came out? 2013? Uh, what are we on now? 2022? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nine, nine years ago? So, uh, hmm. Where are we at in the world right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, 2022, yeah. 13? I mean, I I was definitely living in the Bay Area. I don't know exactly what was going on. I was, yeah. Um... More Oakland or Sacktown? <clears throat> Maybe the Bay Area or back down somewhere else. <laughs> back down. Uh, more, uh, yeah, East Bay kind of area. I think I was working as a, as a server or, or possibly a busboy at like a restaurant. Hmm. I don't remember sure exactly on, where I was in 2013. Um, actually, I did a really uh, bizarre thing after my dad died. Me and my brother talked about where I lived, and we charted where we lived through our entire life and how many places we lived. So, mm. in at this time, I was living at my grandpa's house, my papa's house uh, in Anaheim. Uh, we rented a room out of there while me and Nicole attempted to go back to school and Isa was born in December of 2012. So she was just a couple months old at this time and we were getting ready to move out again on our own to a place in downtown Anaheim in September, Vine Street. Uh, Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's where I was 2013. 2013, I was working... uh, Well, the reason we... The reason we moved in there was like, so I would quit GameStop, go to school, and figure out what I want to do next. And same thing with Nicole. But ultimately, once ISA was born, it was like, well, you know, we've got to have a job that pays as much as it can and maybe have some benefits. So I did actually go back to GameStop at that time um, and work <laughs> for a little while, another like year and some change, uh, which was terrible, like it sounds. Uh, so that's what I was doing, working at GameStop. Uh, I don't think I listened to this album like at launch, like day and date. I wasn't like, oh, here's the new one or anything like that at all. I mean, I think definitely for the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably check that one out. Uh, But for whatever reason, I just was not like counting down the days mentally for it. Yeah, I don't think I for sure didn't listen to this when it first came out. Or if I did, I like listened to it like super briefly and was like, oh, I don't know about that. And it's kind of moved on. Um, I didn't really, yeah, give it a legit listen until um, probably pretty recently, and then honestly, probably until um, you know, getting up to recording this. Yeah, gearing up. Yeah, so I have listened to this album more in the last couple of weeks than I have previously at all, like combined, probably. Uh, yeah, it just, same. It's, I think I feel like I did the same thing with this addiction, which I was also surprised by listening to it again. Um, I think I had an idea of what it was, remembered the songs for what they were in my head. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's that one that has those one songs. That's, yeah, that's that thing. And so if I'm ever pulling on an album, I'm usually like skewing towards, you know, anything else besides the, those two newer ones at the time. Yeah. Uh, no 
reflection on the quality personally, especially after listening to this. We'll obviously we'll talk about it as we go through it. But um, yeah, that's what that was kind of my vibe for it. Um, yeah, this one uh, surprised me because for whatever reason, I really didn't um, care for it too much. Like the times that I had tried to listen to it, um, I think it is actually a lot. It, it is a very different album, I think, for them. Um, like musically to an extent, for sure, and then also um, like just thematically, I guess. Yeah. Um, but once I really gave it a chance, I started to realize like, wow, this is actually uh, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. Yeah, they, I mean, they obviously mentioned the pseudo-concept album and Cantharsis. Like, you clearly hear it in, like, Matt's songs that they're all really tied to, like, this separation and, um, like, mistake and, like, disappointment and everything. And uh, even Dan's songs, to a point, uh, kind of are. But, like, you know, it, it definitely feels like it's all anchored around, like, this one specific kind of, like, vibe and energy and everything. So um, I kind of get that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, album cover, we've talked about this in previous, uh, they're not famous for having great album covers in my opinion, but um, I don't mind this like little black and white photo of the uh, person on a motorcycle, which apparently was, he was like, you know, lady who we divorced from. Is that what what, what it was? I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah sure I'm that's fine with it. it. Yeah. I don't know if it really, like. It's not really what I would think of for like an Alkaline Trio album cover, but I, it's fine. I think he also had a, a, one of his like solo releases, like the demos thing. I think it's like some motorcycle in picture or something as well. I mean, obviously, like I likes motorcycles, but yeah, motorbikes. Dude loves, dude loves two wheels between his legs, flying down the highway, doing eighty four. Uh, no, I'm not going to continue that there. <laughs> so the first song we will jump into. Uh, it's the only song I really had a weird fact about, um, kind of on each album, they, not each album, but, um, they've done this in the past. They did like the Manson stuff with Sadie. They did the, uh, Donner party, you know, rep, kind of talent calling back to like, you know, rip from the headlines style thing. This is the only song to me. That's like a, got a rip from the headlines type of vibe to it, but it's not clearly about any specific like crime or incident or anything. But uh, apparently, she lied to the FBI. Was inspired by the town, the uh, Ben Affleck film. Interesting. So he must have fucking just watched that movie. Was like, man, this is a good movie. I really like this movie. I'm trying to write this new album here, but I can just keep thinking wasn't about the, the town. Yeah, did, wasn't there a song written too that was about the what was it the the Memphis? Yeah, the West or... Memphis Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there there always seems to be something that he's drawn to from real life that like influenced or inspired him or anything this was his interest in the movie the town and it became she lied to the fbi so opens the album here's the first track she lied to the fbi Chorus. 
that's the one song probably everybody knows uh, most off the album, maybe. Um, yeah, I remember a list initially the first few times I listened to this album, like not really liking the song. Like thought like they came out with too much pop, like too much little like like cheese fun and pop like out of the gate. And I was just like, I don't know, man, I'm not really into this. And uh, I remember when I went to those past live shows, they started like the formula they followed was they played the newest album and then the oldest album. And so they started night one with My Shame Is True. So the first song they played in this four-night stretch of all eight albums was, boom, She Lied to the FBI. I'm like, all right, I can save my energy, I guess, for a little while here. And I remember just being kind of like, eh. Uh, but they did it really well. And uh, I've now grown to actually really like the song. I think it's like pretty catchy. And like the vocal delivery is like really fast and kind of like uh like bouncy because he's just like playing off every syllable. I think it's just really well constructed fun. Still has that fun cheesy kind of like energy to it, but uh, I definitely like it more now than I initially did with my uh, initial like impact from it. <clears throat> so I think I had the opposite. Like so, this album didn't really stick for me, but this song was at least one where I would go back and listen to the song. I was like, man, this is just great. Peak Skiva doing like great pop music you know yeah in like a really fun way so you know i just i i like the song it's um uh yeah it's just a lot of fun i don't know it's like it just it reminds me of like him being just like peak form on earlier albums like just making a really good pop song that's fun to listen to and you know i mean that's how i feel for it now but like definitely yeah. at first i was like man i don't know like you're coming out of the gate not swinging you're coming out of the gate dancing here like just like like ease me into it matt come on but uh in reality it just it kicks off the album and i think it it doesn't well yeah um yeah no uh just to quickly remind ourselves really no darkness count there or anything i don't think we're going to get much from this album to be honest Uh, probably nothing or maybe something but um yeah, it's definitely one of those two things. It's either going to be nothing or maybe something. So that's how this album will end with one <laughs> well, of those two avenues. That, that was, uh, probably nothing, but maybe like one thing that we like kind of squeeze in on that technicality yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> just immediately called you out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's maybe nothing or maybe something. Uh, yeah. Probably nothing. Maybe something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll go into track two. Because uh, that's immediately our favorite track on the album so far, based on just math. It's the only track we listen to. But uh, song two, I want to be a Warhol. vocals must be just the backing woes and like little sub words that to like in the background like 
Must be that. It doesn't really pop as much. I honestly I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was Dan. I'm like, okay, it's just Dan, you know? But uh, but it's got to be... I mean, if it says featuring Brendan Kelly, I mean, for that specific song, like, it's got to be where he's singing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what do you think of that uh, I Want to Be a War Home? Um, this is another one that I would, like, go back to and listen to some. I um, I, I like it. You know, it, it, I don't think it's quite as good as uh, She Lied to the FBI. But um, I think it's, like, fitting for me and, like, how I would like, you know, this band to start an album. Like, have a couple of pretty good, like, up-tempo songs to kind of kick things off. Um, I, I think it's a good song. Yeah, I like this a lot. I think comparing it to the two this this two songs like they're definitely both poppy both catchy and everything uh i definitely think she lied to the fbi is probably the more memorable of the two but i do like the more like you know interesting kind of metaphors of like you know the artwork hanging on the wall like wanting to watch over somebody kind of the creepy vibe uh, but also um i don't know just some of the imagery of it i think is kind of interesting um they did a music video for this that had mila jovovich or whatever jovich uh, whatever the oh, actress from Resident Evil, yeah, and uh, Monster Hunter. She was in uh, Monster Hunter. She exclusively exclusively does uh, video game. Movies. Yeah, at this point, you know, just just butters yes. the bread. So, good job, yeah. Mila. Give me the new Fortnite movie. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard no, it here I, first. Uh, first. My, my, I think my issue with this one is it's not, not an issue. I like the song. It's just like I'm not crazy about like the vocal, whatever they've done to the vocals like in the song. Like it just has like a, a weird, more so like on the um, the verse stuff. Yeah, I actually uh, like that. I, uh, he, it's it's like in some of those past live recordings, you kind of hear him like channeling like you know some like '80s like dark wave, new wave type inspiration. Like maybe he's channeling you know. Um, just something different or whatever. I yeah. you can hear it. I kind of like it. It definitely, but it's noticeable, and it is not you know his traditional vocals or anything like that at all. Uh, so it's definitely something you're like immediately listening to, like oh okay, just trying something different there. Um, but I don't I don't mind that. I don't know that I'd want a full album of it necessarily, but um, I definitely think as I'm older now, and especially with these newer albums, like I don't mind if each song is attempting to do its own thing rather than having like rules that the entire album has to follow type of thing like throwing in some synthesizer in that song you know like they're not doing that on every song but it's there's some synthesizer in that one um, yeah, yeah so i get what you're saying like i, I definitely don't mind like <clears throat> trying shit out throw a trumpet on there do the synthesizer thing that i i'm a lot of those songs i end up enjoying but uh, just to me i just don't like the way it sounds that i, I mean like, like i said i like the song but like to me it's a little bit of a a slight turn off that's all gotcha this one just didn't quite do it for you i'd like to hear this one on our um uh covers album the uh dan matt covers you know where they cover each other songs i'd like to hear dan yeah. sing this song you know i think that would be a real real interesting thing because it's already kind of different and everything but i'd be curious to know what he would be able to do with it but yeah, I feel that about a ton of songs. I mean, it would just be interesting to hear them sing each other's songs no matter what. Yes, they should do that. Uh, we should get a cut of that. Um, yes. Track numero three uh, is the first Dan song. So he gets to uh, make his first appearance on the album. Um, two minutes and 46 seconds long. So not a really long song necessarily, but here's track three. I'm only here to disappoint. 
What do you think about that song? Um, I like that one. Um, it's uh, like the music's like just that like the guitar riff, I think, is mostly what does it, I guess. And then like Dan's delivery, it just feels like a lot like angrier and like kind of darker than maybe not necessarily darker, but like angrier than um, um, than a lot of like his songs are to me, like just in, in listening. I mean, his lyrics can always kind of like run the gamut of like what, you know. What he's gonna do there, but like, um, yeah, I like that song. It's a good song. Yeah, I like it a lot too. I think the music is like stark opposite to like how like cutting and like you know kind of deep the lyrics are, as far as like clearly like an anger or uh, just a frustration and all that stuff. Like, um, what does he say? Like the chorus starts, like all your dreams you wind up dead. Uh, then and all those promises I never kept. I laugh and you will cry again and again and again. And, again. And, again and then at the end, again. he kind of has that like more powerful delivery a little bit. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, remove the you from you and me. Yeah. Just kind of get into it. And it's, yeah. But the music has got like this really just like, like kind of fun, funky energy to it. And like the way those riffs kind of like, like powerfully kind of like pop and jump, you know, you through it and everything. Um, yeah. I like it um i'm yeah i'm a fan of it i think uh it's definitely like a you know an angrier dan song like you said i, I agree with what you kind of shared there but um well, i definitely think it's a good showing for the first for his first song on the album um yeah so track four uh kiss you to death i'm not a fan of the title but it's the chorus so it is what it is uh kiss you to death track four Take it right down to your place yeah, I'll be dropping by tonight You'll hear me coming from miles away Screaming banshees haunting my motorbike Take it right down to your place Dropping by in just a little while And I don't care if we fuck or Talk or we cry, I just miss you. I wanna kiss you to death tonight. Kiss you to death tonight. Kiss you to death tonight. I wanted to play a little bit of that riff when it brings in the little energy. Cause that, that was just like a straight up alkaline trio, like riff that. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. like, I've heard <clears> that <throat> before. I know exactly who it is. You know, it just sounds really good. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the, that song? Um, I have to agree. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, the title or like maybe even like the, the like the, the chorus itself, I guess. But once it gets going, once that riff kicks in and like, he starts kind of, going further into that song it's actually like um really good songwriting and really relatable and like it's just i i think it's actually a really good song it just uh 
you know, it it wasn't. I, I didn't think it was a good song on first listen. It like took a few times to kind of catch things that maybe I was missing and kind of appreciate it and be like, you know, he's got some pretty good. I mean, like, how does it go? Like, I mean, I was, this is probably my least, even after listening to it so many times, the album I'm least familiar with. But he says something along. I think it's like I miss your. I miss taking out the trash. I miss your face. I miss yeah. your cat. I miss your smile. It's like. I think that's pretty good songwriting, man. It's like, yeah. and, the, and the way it's delivered is just like, I don't know. Yeah, it's I'm, clearly, I'm a pretty big fan of this one, yeah. Yeah, it's clearly quite personal, but it's like 100% totally like relatable. Like people understand the feelings that he has. It's like these like clearly these little things or monotonous things that like taken for granted potentially, or we were just for part of the existence in this relationship. But now that they're gone, like, I mean, that I would just do that at this point. Like I'd be okay if all I could do was just that at this point, you know? Um, yeah. I, so I, I agree with you, everything you said when it kicks in, um, to that energy and all that stuff and starts driving the song. Like, I love when that happens. Like at first, like my first initial reaction to the song was like, ah, this is going to be that slow, like ballady, like grind the album to a halt type song. Like it's going to be probably the one I'm going to skip in the future, like whatever. Uh, but it is completely not that at all. Um, like I love it when it does like the tribally drums and it's like, you know, the kiss you to death tonight line delivering. Like, I think it's just like really impactful musically. Um, and I love the little ending thing, the, like the, you're in my heart and you're in my skull, you're in my blood, you're in my bones, you know, heart and skull, little reference, self-referential to their heart and skull uh, label. But you yeah. also get that line about it, uh, screaming banshees haunting my motorbike. You know, just if you didn't he's, know it. That's a fucking motorbike, yeah. He's into motorcycles. Uh, motorbikes. Mortar. Motorbikes, yeah. Motorbikes. Uh, yeah, I definitely, a, a song I thought I was, you know, not going to enjoy uh, just off my first, like, instinct first here in, like, 30 seconds. Like, oh, okay, this is going to be one of those songs. But completely not. Fantastic song. Like, it's definitely... Um, up there for me that's what i'll say yeah right now you're you're totally right though it had the ability to be one of those like oh you just fucking halted the album like just ruined like some good momentum so far because it does drag it a little bit uh in the beginning there to like kind of get going because it's like even like lyrically where it's just like you know taking a ride down to your place you know keeps repeating that and it's like stopping by in just a little while yeah. it's like kind of keeps going they start hitting it with the woes um but it makes it more gratifying, I think, when once it picks up. So it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to just to like throw it out there, the track four on if we go back to agony and irony, um, was over and out. You know, so it was one of those songs that slowed it down and everything like that at all, and is not like a favorite of mine. Um, on that, as a matter of fact, according to my notes, it was my second least favorite uh, song on that album because uh, I've got it all in front of me here. But uh, this. Felt like it was going to go there, and then 100% surprised me that it didn't, and I'm very happy for it, not doing that. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the next song, uh, track five, uh, out of 12 tracks. We didn't say that yet. Um, the Temptation of St. Anthony.
like a carrion bird it would eat like dead things but not yeah not darkness enough you know just saying that no 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 i just yeah um yeah i really like this song like it's a song of his that has like a little bit of an edge to it like both musically it's kind of like to the point it doesn't have like the same kind of like playful variety that the other songs on this album have have kind of shown so far um but uh i just like that that the chorus you know actually lifts the energy versus just kind of like inverting it and um i really just think it's kind of playful in the reflection of the lyrics um almost like um i'm only here to disappoint was hmm. <clears throat> yeah the, uh, i don't have anything bad to say about the song this one doesn't really um doesn't do a ton for me i think it you know it's solid it's a good song it's probably a little more middle of the road for me i would i would think for... we'll find out where yeah, yeah it actually might be road. lower but i mean i like the song fine like i won't skip it i'll listen to it as a good song i like uh, the chorus is pretty fun um, i think the chorus is what keeps me around like you hear nice. like the song you're like okay yeah that's how it's starting but then once the chorus comes in it's very easy to kind of bob your head along to and actually commit to listening to the rest of the album and everything or not the rest of the album the rest of the song um but yeah, yeah. cool uh then we're gonna get into our second dan track finally here's the one that features the old co-vocals by uh, mark mcgrath's uh what did we establish uh, mark mcgrath's brother? older brother we were we were i said implying like somehow like he's even uh, whatever i don't know where the comedy was in that but in my head there's yeah, he's, old. he's old as fuck he's like yeah. 50 years old or something yeah or and he's, something. he's not though that's the thing uh i pessimist <laughs> track six he isn't uh my shame okay. is true track six <laughs> You know, like you hear him, you know exactly who he is. Like, okay, that's the guy from Rise Against. Uh, you can't really mistake him for anybody. I guess Dan's the same way. Um, what's uh, what's your take? What do you, how do you feel about I Pessimist? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I feel kind of weird about this one. So, um, you know, you had like a good point of like a very mature point about, hey, I'm not here to set rules on what can and can't be done in an album. You know, it's like it's it's their art basically. Like, let them do what they're going to do, and I I agree. But I can still have an opinion. I think um, it's not a bad song at all. Like it's it's kind of enjoyable to listen to. But my issues are with it. Like what you kind of said. Like that guy has a very distinct voice. You already have two vocalists in this band. I just find it to be like an odd choice, kind of mm-hmm. more than anything. Where it's like, and it, his it, yeah, just like, and he's on he's. He shares vocals on that song more than probably Matt Skiba ever has in any Outline Trio song. So it's just like it—it's it, a cool song and everything, but like, and I another one that I like—I'm fine with listening to, but like, I just find it to be a really bizarre um, 
decision, I yeah. guess. That's all. I, I kind of agree. Like, um, <clears throat> it's definitely like if you take the co vocalists out and all that stuff, musically, it is like far from what you would expect from a dance song. Like, not a lot yeah. of like that kind of palm muted, kind of controlled, like structure where he likes to build you up in the song. It just kicks out with a big drum fill right into the repeating, like, like riff and verse that you kind of hear throughout it. Um, so, like, it just gets right to it has a lot of fun and energy doing it it's not even that long of a song it's two minutes and 10 seconds um but yeah i agree like i'm all for having you know a surprise or a guest or you know somebody kind of like drop in and visit on an album and all that stuff but like for this band like you already have like you said like you already have two singers it's is kind of just interesting to do that um you know in, yeah. a, in a way that his like the fingerprint so clearly established here yeah, and, like, that guy just has such a unique voice that, like, it doesn't really sound like an Alkaline Trio song because he's on there, and he, he's... <laughs> oh, did, being louder. Yeah, did you, uh, you kept the conversation going and are urinating currently? You're in the bathroom? Yeah, I had to pee. Yeah, I don't know. I oh, boy. Uh, that's a... I, I, I have to keep this in. Are, did I, you address that something with your headphones? <laughs> no, I mean... Maybe, maybe, but uh, you got a piano I'm hearing, but I definitely heard urine stream. Uh, but we're on FaceTime, so I could see you leaving the room. So when that audio kicked in, I'm like, well, I think that's the only thing it could be. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I'll just wait to flush, and it's fine. I pessimist, uh, right there. <laughs> you know, uh, no, um, to try and like ground it out here, real quick, the, the song itself was is a good song <clears throat> and i like that like you know it's dan like doing something different and and everything but it just doesn't like i don't want to say it doesn't land it for me because it doesn't miss what it's trying to do it's just not what i really um was wanting or would kind of like anticipate like on this in this particular album with like everything that's going on with it you know if that makes sense um, still yeah, a good I mean, song. Like, it's still a, a really song. good song. I think maybe on like a solo album that would have been cool. Like I don't know. Like, I, but then again, maybe like I mean, I already forgot his name, but he's uh, Tim, Tim McGrath. Tim yeah. So he, I mean, like maybe you know, I gonna do a solo album. It'll do a, an album tree. I don't know. But anyway, it, it just seems a little odd. That's all. To me. Yeah. Good song though. Um, just maybe not completely for me, and that's okay because it's an album. They've got twelve tracks. They don't all have to be for me for me to enjoy it. And like I said, it's still not a bad song. It's just one that uh, surprised me, but didn't necessarily stick with me long term. <clears throat> uh, moving on, the uh, next song, track seven. Oh, I haven't. I'll update that right now. Uh, track seven, Only Love. I never really thought about that You're dying when you start thinking like that All I know is time is undefeated So far, get right with God before it's time I hear the telephone works both ways Think you can make a little effort someday I got enough a lot going on with the 
what I see Are the reasons that I bleed And the blood I give to her and her faded out but that's where the chorus actually just started there um that is like the dan song i was expecting you know or a obviously i knew he was going to show up with a song like this um it's a real like um long story it's like you know it's painting this really like huge like scene and scenario and like kind of talking through um like what you know, like feelings are and just not in like a minute flash of a moment, but like over an, a, a moment of time, you know, that's longer there, um, than you kind of expect. I don't know, but this is definitely a Dan, a Dan song. Um, I think he, he does a great job with this song. It, it almost in the same regard as I pessimist, like this is exactly what I would expect for him, but it still lands the same way where it's not one that I'm like, it, it, it's like sold to me. Like, um, I still listen to it. I listen to the whole thing start to finish. You know, I won't skip it and everything, but it's not one of my like top favorite like dance songs. Hmm. Um yeah, this one like kind of deceptively has like grown on me quite a bit. Um I like a lot of like just what he's doing lyrically and like like especially in the very beginning, what we just heard. Like I just like like what he's talking about. Like, um, yeah, he wrote a really good song here. Like, yeah, and then like the, I mean, the chorus gave me a little um, sappy for sure. But like, I have found myself like having it like stuck in my head. You know, it's like the way that like that chorus is done. It's just like super like catchy and like you know, very Dan for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't yeah, talk about picking up I his mean, new guitar. I, I like this song quite a bit. Yeah, he didn't talk about picking up his new guitar in this one. He didn't talk about maybe emptying a glass or running out of cigarettes, but. It is yeah. still a Dan song for still sure. Somehow him, yeah. Um, I've, I've the opening line: "How young are you going to be when you die?" I guess I've never really thought about that. I mean, but Matt has. You guys put an album on with "Live Young, Die Fast." I mean, come on, guys! Like this has been a topical conversation. You're kind of lying to us there, Dan. Out of the gate. It's true. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. All I know is time is undefeated so far. This is get right with God. Yeah. Before it's time, yeah. This is LeBron James. Worse, yeah. Both ways. I just like, yeah, I just think it's like pretty relatable too. you know, songwriting. I, I yeah, think, th- this is LeBron time. James favorite song on the album. You know, he just reminded that, you know, uh, he's getting older and all that stuff, you know, maybe he's hasn't reflected so well on the things he's done, but you know, it's gonna, he's going to do what he's going to do to get it done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, only love. Um, that was Dan's third song on the album. Back-to-back songs, too, going six to seven with uh, Dan stuff. I think it's kind of interesting. Gives the album unusual. Like, yeah. It gives the album, I think, like a different feel and definitely makes, I think, the next song feel like the back half or the B-side of the album and everything. Um, different, like a good place, I think, to flip it, you know, in my mind. But, um, yeah. Moving on to track eight, uh, The Tortured Doctor. The Tortured Doctor. Not tortured.
not tortured doctor, the torture doctor. Uh, what do you think? Um, I like it pretty good. Um, Ooh. yeah, it, it's not, um, it's not like my favorite song, you know, on, on here. Um, oh boy. This is the course a, gets, this so is yeah, a tape right here. Into, the course is, uh, is one of your favorites on here? This is, like, at this point, my favorite song on the album. Uh, mm. I'm greatly surprised by that chorus. When that thing hits, uh, the kids call them bangers these days, and that is the definition of it in my mind. Uh, there's, the, there's a devil dancing in my heart. Yeah, but once the, the hey, hey ho, like the do-do-do-do-do-do, hey, do-do-do-ho, like the... It it just breaks the tempo in like a real fun like way. It has like some heaviness to it, but still, um, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm I I really I really just dig the song musically, lyrically. Uh, this is this is a, a top notch in my mind, which is interesting. Uh, the response that you had. I didn't think it'd be necessarily be your favorite per se. Uh, with of some of the songs that we've heard, I definitely thought this would maybe land a little higher uh, in a emotional response from you, uh, from from that. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, musically, it's cool and everything. I'm not like super crazy about the hey ho portion necessarily. I think there's another yeah. Well, on the next album, there's a song that I think does a little better, but uh, or does something similar, let's say. But uh, um. Uh, it mostly comes down to the lyrics, I think, for me on this one. I mean, it's just, nothing really occurs in the music or the lyrics that really kind of gets me really going. Like, not a bad song at all, though. Not something where I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. Like, I think, you know, I don't really skip any of these songs, I would say. Mm -hmm. If anything, I Pessimist is a potential skip, but I usually just let it ride. Yeah, it's only two minutes. It's easy to let that yeah. one ride. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, I don't think this is overwritten, obviously. It's like a lot of, like, just... Um, like visions and descriptions and just kind of like uh um i mean it, it it doesn't like paint a story with all the details it just kind of gives you details to like apply to a your own story i guess like that's kind of like how this song is written to me um but yeah but, but paired with that music and everything it's just like you know really interesting yeah. to me for sure like i'm 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 a big fan Cool, cool, yeah. So, I mean, if there's a song that I and I I don't think this one should get that count, but if it were to get on the evilometer, it would be. Uh, it does have the devil dancing in my head as yeah. I'm hovering above your bed. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. I mean, it talks about um, uh, what the big the start of it. The torture doctor is in back here to confess his sins, um, knowing damn well he was dead wrong. Like dead isn't dead. I think like. I think we go for it. Let's stretch our hammies out here and, and just <laughs> wait and see that. if something else comes up that's more applicable. But so far, this is all we have, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, this might be the second scenario you suggested. It either was going to have nothing or it, it might have something. I think we're landing in the might have something category here. And uh, I, you'll note, I proposed two scenarios. You didn't propose any. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'm not participating here. Uh, the next song will be uh, track nine, Midnight Blue. It came just like the rising sun The shame of everything I've done And the pain blew in just like a storm And now it rains and will forevermore What's the 
similar to some previous songs already on this album, starts a little kind of quieter, gives you the verse, but then kicks in with this music and um, drives it the rest of the song through there. Pretty like standard song structure for them, um, especially with this album here. So, but I, I, I like it. I'm not tired of that yet where it just starts out with less layers it on, then boom, kicks the energy on and then starts driving the song through in the same melody. Yeah, I'm not tired of it either, but you'd think you would be because <laughs> this literally begins with like, the pain. You know, it's just like, all right, yeah. we get it, dude. You're having a rough time. But um, no, I'm, I am still enjoy this song and I love oh the guitar on this. Dude. It's just a lot of fun to hear that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I left it kind of like lingering there, that little like riff, the yeah. like that playful it's stuff he's doing there. Not a typical thing for them to do. And um, it's just awesome, yeah. Yeah, the uh, second verse that comes in right there, um, I think is like lyrically more powerful than the first one is, you know, the you cried out your fucking eyes before you sang me happy birthday one I'm last time. One last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's the song like it's like they it, they I don't know. It just seems to me like this is a song they were like, yeah, we don't need to do like take any chances on the song. We can just like, you know, write like a standard song we, we kind of want to have, you know, like have like beyond the album. But I think adding all the parts together, it still is a good song. It still comes out like the little playfulness with the guitar, like in that you kind of weren't expecting, even though it's still the similar formula to other songs, it's still like, like pops. And like, as soon as that the music starts to kick in, you're definitely not skipping the track. Like if you, if you hung around that long and you heard that music kick in, you're like, okay, cool. I'm riding this train to the end. Like it's, it's a song you're not like ignoring. Um, but I, it's a great song or it's a good song. I'm not gonna say great, but um, it's still a um, solid outing for them for sure. It's a fun one. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that was, whoops. I think I've lost count again. I need to update That's this. track nine. Yeah, that was track nine, but I'm trying to keep a track of Matt and Dan, so I will update oh. that on the back end. I'll play the next song, uh, track ten, tan, <laughs> track ten, uh, Michael Jordan's One Last Dance. Playful, like interlude guitar in that song too, which I really like. Um, we talked about this song on the, uh, we'll call it the after show on one of the previous uh, episodes. It's not going to actually be on the episode, but we started talking about like this song 
uh, I was talking about the, the Robert Smith reference or whatever. Uh, I love the little Bobby Smith, like ridiculous, like call back out to like Robert Smith uh, from the cure. But then when we were talking about it in the lyrics, um, like you told me you were torn in between days and in between days is a great cure song and all that stuff. So like the extra layer, the extra callback for like a, a deep callback for like a fan of the cure in addition to being a fan of Alkaline Trio, listening to the song, I think is kind of cool. Like, you know, having that inceptioned into your brain there. Um, yeah, I, I really dig the song. Um, the, it's got some cheese to it, but I think that they like play, like this is one that like is a clearly one of those like mid tempo songs that they still don't make you think you're just listening to like a mid tempo throwaway song. Um, especially like the, the chorus, like as again, again, as borderline cheese as it can maybe get with, um, like the, the plea for one last chance. Um, I just I really enjoy the song. Yeah, I, I love this song. I think um yeah, you're right. There's a little bit of cheese in there, but I mean like the one last dance line is a little bit, you know, um cheesy and it is in the chorus, but like leading up to that though, it's like super heartfelt, like just good chorus as well though. Yeah. Um you know. Um I love the guitar riff as well in this one. Um like especially right after the chorus it kinda of picks up again with just the um yeah um yeah i'm a big fan of this song this is a this is a really good song to me yeah and then it has some of those like personal lines clearly that like they are so specific to clearly call back to like what he was specifically going through but you almost can still like tie that back like it talks later on um we both assume we never speak again till I saw you in those turquoise pumps and tight black vinyl pants. I need you back, <clears> my, you friend, back yeah. my friend. Um, but like, yeah. those are just clearly like this person, you know, had an outfit like that. And like, um, it is very like specific, but um, you know, there are those specific memories you have of like that person, you know, in a time you went through like this, that you can relate yeah. to in your head as like a listener. <clears throat> It also has a little playful little interlude at the end. Let me see if I can get to that. Actually, I can't because of the power of technology. But um, uh, this little part of the song. But yeah, I just think that little little playful little like like guitar I like that too and that actually you can kind of you don't hear a lot of like Dan necessarily on this album like in terms of like uh, on Matt Skiba's songs I think oh like, yeah but you he's know, back a lot there. of times you'll hear him kind of backing things up harmonizing kind of just bringing things together and I'm not really remembering a lot of songs that had that that one I think you get that, at that yeah he, right he's like there, yeah. crooning and wooing in the back there um, yeah which he's I a crooner at heart man yeah that's his uh tinder profile name um yeah that was one last dance and like i said uh inspired by michael jordan's you know comeback they're from chicago, yeah they're from chicago so clearly like espn that documentary they just did they left this one on the cutting room floor they didn't actually license the song like they were planning to but it was written based on the last dance uh for them going for that sixth and final uh championship ring there in chicago um but may i have this Dance, just one last dance. This is Jordan <laughs> and Pippin and Rodman just bringing it all back, running it back one more time. Uh, Chicago, Bulls. 
NBA basketball. NBA basketball. Uh, track 11, uh, Young Lovers. that same vibe kind of going i do want to call out he's talking about uh you're too concerned with heaven he's talking about getting right with god i think he was dating a born-again christian at the time himself and uh maybe just calling it out you know you know i don't know much about his personal life but uh i believe he's just been happily married i think yeah despite what his songs mentioned here yeah. i'm pretty sure he has been as well too i because i was talking with somebody else about this the other day and uh, another like person I work with who's a big outline trio fan. And I think they, yeah, I think he's been married for a little while now and things are, you know, fine there. So just maybe callbacks to just thoughts and things that they went through in their younger days or whatever, maybe. Um, but yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I mean, he wrote a song called I'm fine. I mean, it's just, can't be clearer than that. Well, I'm fine. Didn't sound like he was fine, but he was being honest. He is doing fine. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's a, this is like another, this is a Dan song that like lyrically is a Dan song, but then the music and melody delivery, he takes a little like chance on, I think. And, um, like, but again, like it's his lyrics. I feel like on paper, he wrote this just like any other song, but it was like musically structured. Um, he took some chance on, and I think it works here. Like, I really like what he's doing with this song for sure. Um, the chorus does not have like that same, like memorable, like standout quality, like some of the previous songs on this album's like choruses have taken them to, but I think overall the song itself just kind of like, um, works. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, like Dan and Matt on this album have probably done, you know, evolved basically their sound more than they have in, I mean, probably the most they ever have. I mean, you could say irony and irony, but, you know, for us at least, it seems that that wasn't necessarily a success. So, I mean, like, <clears throat> um, yeah, like, Musically, it's 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 this song and a lot of the other songs on this album are quite a bit different than than um, than what you kind of expect from Macklin Trio. But yeah, yeah um, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. The song is is it's not a bad song. It's a really solid song. You know, I like enjoy the song, but um, yeah, it, there's nothing really too striking about it. Like to make it stand out from maybe some of the other um, heavier hitters. I think on this album, for yeah, me, on the album in whole, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's I do like the yeah. playfulness of the guitar. Like it also has, it's like, like, a you know, like 
sparkle, you know, uh, and shine there that are not just like that, um, um, like traditional like skiba. Like it's he's like like you said, like they definitely I think matured in like songwriting, but also music writing, you know, for themselves on this album. I think they've always kind of leveled themselves up, like lyrically and everything but i think musically they they took some newer chances or i think maybe encouraged each other to kind of like push a little more on some of the the music of this album still like a a pop album for them and still like a catchy album for them but has more like i think just like texture to it than the previous ones have i I think so and i think you see the carryover from like this and then into the next album like I, I, I'm interested to see this because you mentioned that before. You said something about how that, uh, that Torture Doctor, there's a song like, like that that does the hey-hos. Um, I feel like this album... Something took... similar. I should have, maybe I went too far in saying that, but something similar. Well, yeah, that's yeah. What, yeah I, I, I get that because I feel like this is like, is almost looked at like this addiction and thought like, how do we, you know, do what we started to do there? Like play with some new sounds, add some new textures, but like do it more and try and do it a little bit better. I think they succeeded here with doing that um, uh, overall. And then, so I'm kind of excited to listen to the next album more, like give it like more listens and all that stuff to kind of hear how it kind of leveled up the game kind of like from, from this one, you know, how, what, what they learned and took away to apply to the, the next album. I'm curious. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, well, it's not that interesting, but uh, it's something that I read after, um, I think I just started uh, listening and I was like curious, like just, you know, see what uh, different reviewers had said about this album when it came out. And it was like pretty, I would say positive, but one reviewer had a point that was like, that pretty much called out like this addiction, which I like that album for what it is. They're like, Oh, well after the fan service of this addiction, the band has kind of returned to the studio and tried to do something that like moves things forward or something. You know what I mean? And I, at first I was like, Oh man, like, you know, that's a stupid comment. Like, why? But hmm. thinking about it, it was like, you know, that I like that album. There's some really cool songs on there, but like, I mean, that's not inaccurate. I don't think to call that fan service. Yeah. It, it it is very much like, hey, let's like, you know, do what we're good at, and like, yeah. But give them technically, what they want, you know? think of the era in which they did that. Though they just did, they just came off that major label like attempt right. it, and it agony and irony. Like, so I think it was almost like, wow, we're going to do it on our own terms, on our own time, you know, at our own like label choice, basically, whenever they want to get around to it. So, I mean, it makes sense why they kind of, I don't want to say receded, but like maybe simplified what they were doing instead of trying to write like a big epic major label like evolution. They were like, ah, we, there's no need for that right now. Let's just have like some fun and be us. So I guess there is some truth to it. For me, it's more just like. But at the same time, like, to be fair, they also did some songs that people were kind of like, why the fuck is this here? Like, they had the trumpet song. They had the, you know, um, Eating Me Alive has that heavy synth going on. So it's not like, but it didn't really, like, move things forward in the way that this album kind of does, you know? Um, Yeah. Even even those, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's interesting. I mean, I there it's almost like a trilogy of albums, really. If you start with this addiction, then you kind of hear this like alter and grow and respond to that response, and then you know, where uh, is this thing cursed? Kind of like is like, hey, this is still our modern most recent album. You know, this is that's the last one we did so long ago. Let's go ahead and respond to it to that. Um, but yeah, we're at the final song here, uh, track. 12 until death do us part. 
goodbye for now Leaving town for a while Broken heart, broken bones, fading smile Did I lose everything that I love? I suppose that I did when push came to shove Now I want you back in waiting there for me I won't hold my breath, I don't expect a thing But a boy can dream channeled just like the probably the most painful or rawest part of what he was feeling and just kind of put it to paper and um i think clearly that's the album closer um and i think it definitely succeeds in that regard yeah that's a good song um and it's also one of the better closers especially from skiba i think that we probably had in a few albums here yeah yeah uh, a very strong solid closer to this album i think yeah, would you have fine? Yeah, such a hard and raw chorus, though, where it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's like just a pure heartbreak. Like it's you know not an analogy, not a metaphor, not like a, a play on words or anything like that at all. It's just like, hey man, this is how I'm feeling, and it yeah. is not good. Uh, and this is the only thing I'm currently thinking about, and the only thing I really want to do. And uh, yeah, it's rough. That's rough. Rough, rough, rough. Um, yeah, wow, into, wow, wow. into the night, Dorothy, um, your neck. Those are the more recent ender closers from Skiba. Um, so yeah, this definitely. I mean, I don't want to say like it rivals radio, but I mean, it's still like a, a raw emotional song, like radio in that regard. Um, and but I think it does a great job, kind of um, sealing the deal here. Yeah. Um, but cool. That's the uh, that's the album. Um, I'm really wishing uh, your neighbor starts playing the piano intro intro to uh, "Time to Waste." <laughs> dun, 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 that's awesome. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, that would just be kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if it's like a public domain song or something, but you know, like the I think it's the piano type music that's in Super Mario Brothers Three. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll hear that over there. Oh, interesting. It's kind of cool. Koji, some Koji Kondo classics. Um, I'm pretty sure he did the music for Mario Bros. 3. I could just be wrong. But he did a bunch of Nintendo music. Anywho, uh, yeah, shame, my shame is true. Um, I think I am definitely like remembering this album. Uh, I think I this addiction this album for myself. Like I said at the start, I definitely thought it was something, but upon more thorough listening and like deliberate listening, I um, like it a lot more than I initially remembered back on for sure. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I ever gave this album like a true chance, but it's it's good. I like it. Um, so let's uh, let's break down our uh, songs, song by song, one through twelve. Uh, sure. We're gonna finally just. I'm gonna call that "Darkness Count One." Uh, I'm gonna give it to uh, the song uh, just because you know it's gotta <laughs> sure. have something. It's Alkaline Trio. It's gotta have something. Uh, eight eight songs from Matt. Four songs from Dan. Um, mm. I think four from Dan is the watermark right now. Like he did have four on agony and irony and, um, crimson as well. Uh, actually I take that back. I think good morning. Yeah. In my notes, good morning. Dan has five of the 11 songs. Um, Damn, nice. If you're listening to this weekly, you just heard that a couple weeks ago. Uh, again, like I said, it's been three years and major <laughs> life events have happened since recording of that. Uh, but yeah. Hmm. Uh, I feel like I, I don't know. I'm just throwing this. I think on the next album he's got a pretty good output as well. I'm thinking five again, maybe. He or? opens the album, you know. So What's that? he opens the album. Yeah, yeah, that's unusual. Uh, I guess Matt is in the song though too. They both sing on it, but it he's, like it, he's it's, got a bit there. Yeah, yeah it's a dance song. Uh, is what yes. it feels like. But uh, yeah, so let's let's break it down though. What's uh, what was your favorite song on this album? Yeah, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised how these rankings worked out for me, because um, I'm just surprised, because I, I like this album quite a bit, but uh, so number one, I've got One Last Dance. One Last Dance. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've got The Torture Doctor. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that was going to be super high for you. Yeah. Oh, the plot, it thickens and grows. I yeah. Man, just saying that, in my head, the music's blasting. That little punch of that chorus hits. Like I, I love that song, dude. That is like a very, very. It's it's close to my number two, but it's definitely my number one. Uh, what's two? Um, two. I actually ended up going with uh, "She Lied to the FBI." She lied to the FBI. Interesting. It's based on uh, the town with the Ben Affleck. I don't know if you heard about that. Thought once, thought it was all right. <laughs> I like the movie. I thought it was good. I think I've only seen it once as well, too. But right. <laughs> so if we're going on the Affleck fan, I've also only seen Gone Baby Gone once and Argo once, and I like both those movies, too. Gone Baby Gone saw it once, enjoyed it. We'll never revisit, probably, but cool. I want to revisit it just to see those Neil Patrick Harris scenes again where he gets killed. Because um, I remember that was very surprising. Um, and he was in that movie. Don't forget, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, NPH, yeah. Yeah. My number two... One last dance, yeah, yeah, that's a great song. They're huh? just saying words. Say how sorry I am for not putting you at number one. One last dance, but you are number two. Oh, um, so number three, this was tough. I did. I went with uh, until death do us part. Until death do us part. Oh wow, yeah, that little that landed high for you. That's cool. I like that song a lot. Yeah, uh, I probably gave it away my surprise a little bit, but uh, kiss you to death is my three. I. Yeah, like I said, thought it was going to definitely be throwaway and far from it for me. What's your uh, four? Yeah, number four is uh, Kiss You to Death. Kiss You to Death. Yeah, my four is She Lied to the FBI. Mm. So mm-hmm. we knew they were both landing high for us. Uh, you're five. So five, and this might actually be, this is my first dance song, I think. Here, This is, I think, the lowest he's charted for me, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it's I am only here to disappoint. 
Oh, interesting. That was your favorite Dan song. Okay. Um, yeah. My. It's close though, honestly, but yeah. Yeah, my next song is not a Dan song as well. I'm getting five tracks in. I still don't have a Dan song, which is kind of weird. Um, I mean, I definitely have charted more Matt than Dan uh, compared to you, but still, you'd think he'd pop up here with four songs, but he didn't, and I'm just dragging this on. Um, I Want to Be a Warhol, I uh, decided to put there. Uh, I like that song. Like I said, it's the same energy as She Lied to the FBI, uh, but just a different delivery, but I think it still lands the same for me. Sure, yeah, maybe it sounded like I didn't like it very much. My number six was I Want to Be a Warhol. Hmm. Yeah, you know, my my minor gripes with it, but I like I like the song quite a bit. My six is Dan's first appearance, and it's Young Lovers. That's my uh, hmm. favorite mm-hmm. Dan song on the album. <laughs> I want I want to edit uh, music behind my vocals here and isolate them. Okay, sound probably just like them. Uh, what's your uh, next one? Seven. So seven, I've actually got only love. Only love. Uh, Kevin Love. Kevin Love, yeah. That's what he, that's about Kevin Love, leaving Minnesota. Uh, he was really torn up about that because he only had to Close drive a couple hours. Yeah. yeah, he was just right there. But now I guess he doesn't have to drive too far to get to Cleveland, really, in the scheme of things, in the skiba of things. Um, my uh, seven, Until Death Do Us Part. Uh, I think a good, definitely a great closer. Uh, it It could have landed a little higher and again these sequencing you know if we do this on another day would i change it a little bit you know potentially but uh that's where i'm putting that now eight for you cool eight i've got torture doctor torture doctor eight uh i have the temptation of saint anthony for eight and i ended up actually this jumped up a couple spots for me right at the end, like looking at it and looking at my list and where I was going to put until death do us part. I was like, I knew I liked it more than that song, but then where I had it, I was like, no, that, that belongs probably a little bit higher. So yeah, just a weird placement for me, but that's where that settled. Um, so nine, I've got uh, midnight blue nine. I've got midnight blue as well. Hmm. Right on the money. Ten. Young lovers. Ten. I've got. I'm only here to disappoint. Wow. I'm truly only here to disappoint. Yeah. Um. Eleven. I've got temptation of Saint Anthony. Uh, Eleven for me is only love. So then twelve. We've got high pessimist. High pessimist. We both landed on high pessimist. I I piss a mist. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only song I would, like, remove from the album. And again, not a bad song at all. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's it's memorable in the fact that it's, like, stands out on the album. Like, it, like, doesn't maybe quite fit with the, the rest of the, the songs. I mean, I'm all for the energy. I'm all for, like, like the heavier little, like, slanted, like, like song with teeth and everything. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just obviously having... Uh, Mark McGrath's younger brother, like or older brother, singing, I think definitely just kind of makes it stand out even more. Not for a bad reason, but just for a different reason from the rest I of the like, album. It, it's like that guy's voice is so distinctive; it stands out above the other guy singing the song, like to me, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he has a very unique, distinct voice that's like, and it's a good voice. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. you know, like that, I'm not saying anything negative about it, but like, yeah, it's just you know, it doesn't. <laughs> 
I, I totally agree. Yeah. I'd like to play that song for like a Rise Against fan and see what they think about it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. Yeah, Rise Against song. <laughs> yeah. It's half of it is, uh, essentially. Yeah. Um, right. But it's uh yeah I'm totally totally fine with his voice like he he nails it he does his part um it's just not like it's like it just stands out it's not like a sore thumb it's just like a oh hey there's a a blue flower in this bouquet of roses um you know it's just I don't know what the fuck I, like, listen, <laughs> it, I'm just trying not to insult it I want to be clear that it's not a bad song it's just no no it doesn't match with it's a good song. I, I opened some Chips Ahoy and I found an Oreo in there. Okay, listen, it's it's good. It's gonna go down. I'm gonna eat it, but it's not what I was expecting. <laughs> right. In that sleeve, you know, they come in those individual sleeves and everything. You just put them all in a cup of milk, drink all the milk, and then you drink just the cookie sludge that's left as like a shake, and that's how you get high cholesterol. <laughs> or at least that's what my doctor tells me. I uh, I disagree with the results. Don't don't tell me the science. You know. All right. Well, yeah. That's uh, that's my shame is true. My jam is true. The final thing we have to do though is rank the albums. Where's right. this slot in for you? Do you have that prepared? I'll, I'll go through mine. I'll go through mine yep. first. So just to remind everybody, because again, it's been a couple years since we last did this. Um, it was a couple months before. All right, yeah, <laughs> I thought we said years. I thought it was like three years, and I lost an arm and stuff like that. And I was on an island. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I but you said just... maybe I could have still been months because you said sixty days, whatever. Uh, a couple months. It's been. It's not. It hasn't been that it long. It's only it's been, been a while. It's, it's been, been a like while. five or six weeks or something like that. Sure, but, but still. Uh, my album ranks. Uh, man, getting mansplained here. <laughs> um. Uh, what did I say? Album ranks. Crimson is my number one still, uh, which is very interesting to think back on. Uh, two, Good Morning. Three, From Here to Infirmary. Four, Maybe I'll Catch Fire. Five is where My Shame is True is actually going to slot in, which is wild to me because I'm putting that over this addiction, which is fine, but I have God damn it below that. And then Agony and Irony. Like, in my head, at the start of this whole project, would I have ever thought I would have put God, like, had God damn it end up like that low in my album ranks? Uh, I think it just Crazy. speaks to. Oh, sorry. I think maybe I lost you for a second. Are you still there? I'm here, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm just surprised by where God damn it ultimately sits, but I think it just kind of speaks to my overall fandom of the band. Um, I really love significantly nearly everything they've done at this point um so that's great uh where do you got your ranks right now how does this album slot into your list yep so i've got uh still at the top here is from here to infirmary number two good morning number three crimson number four god damn it and number five my shame is true oh five number six this addiction number seven maybe i'll catch fire number uh eight agony and irony so it actually it, it surprised me, and it did. I, you know, it's a tough call, honestly, on that one for me. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, it wasn't recency bias. But yeah, I think I think that it probably is the better album. But yeah, what's funny is our list now. Looking at that, our um, five, six, and eight are exactly the same. Oh, Hunter's upset out there. And then you have from Heater Infirmary, Good Morning Crimson as one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I have that as three, two, one. 
um, which is just kind mm. of invert those. Fairly, the rest of them, I mean, it's <laughs> pretty accurate. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Hunter being upset, I think, is going to tell us that's the end of this episode. Uh, the that's next Hunter album. Hunter Bergen from Even um, uh, the Secrets slash Pie yeah. thing, right? That's funny that you in- introduced him that way. I just I saw a YouTube video that I sent to Danny about a, a band he likes, A Day to Remember, um, mm. at some like live show. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was, it wasn't Riot Fest, but it was some like show. But they uh, they covered Private Eye and they had Skiba come out and play guitar and sing with them. But they introduced oh Matt Skiba as like, oh, we're a day to remember, you know, and like, here's our friend Matt Skiba from Blink-182 and in Alkaline <laughs> Trio. And then they played Private Eye. I'm like, how do you introduce? And they played it in Chicago. So how do you introduce this guy as Matt Skiba from Blink-182 and alkaline trio while you're covering an alkaline trio song that he is going to be singing on like it was just what are you doing terrible. Dude? Uh, also that that band name is terrible isn't it a day to remember you know it's a it's a name to remember it's like a notable occurrence <laughs> it's like, is that, yeah, like... <laughs> that's that's a good band name a notable occurrence they're going to open for a day to remember it's terrible dude. they're not going to open for every time i die because they're uh broken up uh just happened Right, yeah, Aaron was, uh, te- I guess they had a recent album, I think. Yeah, Aaron had, it's called like, Radical. Out, he was like, hey, it looks like, and then, yeah. Yeah, that was, a, it's been that's very messy. reading about The Wrestler and all yeah. of that. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what, I saw some headline about them, I've been reading about the very messy breakup that they're having, which is very surprising. But yeah, that album, that last album of theirs, like, just was only, like, a few months ago um, that they're not going to tour for, because they're definitely broken up. Yeah. But cool. Well, um, that's that. Our next episode is literally going to be the final current studio album. Obviously, we'll revisit and come back if they, not if, but whenever they do their next album, just to kind of stay complete with it. Um, but we'll do that final episode, and then we're going to figure out how to how we're going to chop up like the B sides and kind of other things we kind of want to talk about, and then uh, that will kind of complete the complete discography of Alkaline Trio, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we're close. I'm, uh, interesting to see this project come all the way through here and almost be done, wrapped up there. Let me move on to the Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right, proper flogging. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's British. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit. Uh or Australian, you know, it's hard to say the two. But cool. That's that. Goodbye. <laughs>